welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. We're so thankful that you chose to listen to this message. To get more connected with us, you can look us up on all social media at CLC Victoria and download our app. Now, here's this week's message. Grab your Bibles. Let's get into the Word. We're going to continue our series called Unbalanced. Unbalanced. The secret in being unbalanced. We have talked about different subjects during this time, and we're now we're going to get into something I believe is relevant. I believe this is our last service for this. This is number four of Unbalanced. And if you're following us and you like to keep up with all the notes, uh, download our app, Covenant Life Center, on the iTunes store or the Android store, and you can keep up. And you can even print off my notes. The same notes I use to preach from are the same notes that we give to you every single Sunday. And you can print them off at home from your app also. You can also follow us on YouTube through our app and check out every service. And if you can't make it to service, you can watch us live stream through the app also. Isn't that cool? Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So while you're turning to Nehemiah chapter 2, Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 2. Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 2. While you're turning there, I want to give a shout out to all the volunteers who worked last night and yesterday from what time? 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, to about 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock last night. They built, started building the drum cage. They worked in the media department. Hello, Venus, you can see us now. Look back there. Now they turned the desk around and elevated it so everyone who works in the media department doesn't face the wall and look at screens. They face us and watch service. So for those of you who didn't want to go back there to volunteer because of that, guess what? We changed it for you. Go volunteer. Go help them out. If you want to be a sound engineer, you can work, get educated for free as a sound engineer. If you want to be a computer guy and learn how to work all the graphics and learn how to do all of that stuff or gal, you can do that. You can do that. And it's a free education. I tell you, it's very valuable too. Very valuable. Are you ready for the word? Come on, tell me I'm ready. Tell me like you want it. I'm ready. Nehemiah chapter 2. And the king said to me, why is your face sad? This is where Nehemiah found out about the walls of Jerusalem. And he was a cupbearer. And seeing you're not sick, the king said, why are you so sad? This is nothing but sadness of the heart. Then I was very much afraid. And I said to the king, Nehemiah said, let the king live forever. Why should not my face be sad when the city, the place of my father's graves, lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? And then the king said to me, Why, what are you requesting? He asked him, he said, what do you want? What do you want? So I prayed to the God of heaven, and I said to the king, If it pleases the king, if your servant has found favor in your sight, that you send me to Judah, to the city of my father's grave, that I may rebuild it. And the king said to me, the queen sitting beside him, How long will you be gone, and when will you return? So it pleased the king to send me when I had given him a time. 
when I had given him a time. Uh, let me inter interject something right here. Go, my son says this all the time. We say this all the time to, in, in the family and in church and in business. Uh, goals without deadlines are just dreams. Goals without deadlines are just dreams. Recognize that the king asked him for a specific time. He wanted to know a due date. And I believe God asks and requires the same thing from us in the sense of him knowing that we're going to start something, begin something, get serious about it. And Nehemiah was serious. And he said, this is the time frame I need. This is about the time frame I need, and this is when we want to have it done. And so it pleased the king to send him, to send me, when I had given him time. So everyone say time. Very important. I'm going to read that one more time. So it pleased the king to send me when I had given him a time. And I said to the king, if it pleases the king, let letters be given to the governors of the province beyond the river that maybe they may let me pass through until I come to Judah. And a letter to Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, and that he may give me timber to make beams for the gates of the forest of the temple and for the wall of the city and for the house that I shall occupy. occupy. And the king granted me what I have asked, what I asked, for the good hand of my God was upon me. He knew because the good hand of my God was upon me. The subject title, the subtitle for this last message of unbalance is called 52 Days. 52 Days. Jesus, bless it one more time on what we're about to receive. We give you all thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You can be seated. Turn to someone and tell them it only took 52 days for Nehemiah to build those walls. That is record timing. Now, the relevance of knowing why it was so important to build the walls of Jerusalem is based on these two factors. Number one, they needed protection. Number two, and I'll explain this after a while, they were God's children. I should have reversed that order, but really, the walls of Jerusalem weren't just a wall like you and I are surrounded with. To this date, some of these walls are about eight feet in width, 40 feet high, a two-mile radius. But in those days, during the king's days, King David, King Hezekiah, those walls were anywhere about 16 feet in width. Now, 16 feet walls, width is very, very thick walls at 40 feet of height. This is why some people, they had houses on those walls or places where they can rest. And there were towers. There were towers that can be seen in the teens all around the perimeter. And so they were essential for protection. And, and then when the people of Israel who were brought into captivity under Babylonian rule 
when they were set free, they went back to Jerusalem. And when they got there, they found out that the walls were damaged and they were broken. And they were hurt. And Nehemiah got word of that. And people shared it with him, his family. And he heard it and he became sorrowful. And he loved God so much, although he was a servant. For the cupbearer had the influence more than anybody else, according to history. History does tell us when you look at what the significance of a cupbearer was. The cupbearer was the person who had tasted and drank every single thing that went into the king and queen's mouth. He was a person that had to be trusted. He was an individual that had to to the, that had a good reputation, and, and, and he was so close, so close to the, to the magistrate of that kingdom that they would talk with each other and share with each other. The cupbearer had to be trusted because the life of the king and the queen was in his hands when it came to an assassination and their health. And so he had built a good rapport with them. Nehemiah could be trusted. And so they recognized everything about him. If he was someone else, they may not have recognized it. But that day, after hearing of the news and after praying to God and spending in some tears, sowing seeds of tears, the king looks at Nehemiah and he said, Nehemiah, why are you so sad? You're not sick. And then Nehemiah was afraid because he knew that what he had to say to the king required some some follow-through and required some responsibility because he felt obligated because he was in a key position to help his nation. And he replied and he said, why shouldn't I be sad? The walls of my city, my people, they're torn down. Notice he told him what the problem was, but then the king replied, what do you want? He never asked him in the sense of, can you please let me? But he told him in the form of a question, I believe, why should I not be hurt? Why should I not be? And the king knew that was the form of a question in the sense of, I wouldn't have told you if I knew you couldn't meet my need. Sometimes people will ask me, I don't know how you are, but sometimes people will ask me what's wrong. And if I feel like they don't have the answer or not going to be able to pour into me or help me in that moment, I will be reserved in myself and I will just say everything is fine. Because why would you want to burden somebody else who has their own burdens, who has their own weights to carry, who's not capable of helping you at times? Sometimes it's good to talk about things, right? We have to let things out sometimes, right? How many of you agree you just need somebody to talk to sometimes? Thank God he's always on, like the old refrain of the song, Jesus is on the main line, right? Tell him what you want. Do you remember that old song? Jesus on the main line, tell him what you want. And so, you know, thank God he's always available. But when it comes to my problems, I think you're like me, possibly. Maybe we're like each other. Maybe we're alike in this sense. I don't share my problems with everybody. I don't. Because if I do share it with somebody, I share it with someone who can pray with me. I, open, I, I feel very comfortable with sharing things in my life with you all. Because I know you'll pray for me. 
just like you would share them with me because you know I'll pray for you. It's mutual. But Nehemiah shared it with the king because he knew in, in my thought, in my thinking, and knowing human, uh, just humanity, uh, he shared it because he knew that he could help. And when he not just told him he would help him, he went a step further and he asked. This time, he went full-fledged asking. He went in and he said, well, king, if it's okay, could you grant me letters to the king of Persia who was over the forest? To the king, not of Persia, because he was in Persia, but to the king who was over the forest, that he can give me timber so I can go in and I can go straight to building and save me some time. And he granted him the letters. So Nehemiah went and he was going in and he had the favor of the king, the backing of the king by letters that no one could stop him. No one could ask him questions. And he also had provision to know that when he was going to get to his responsibility and to his assignment, he wasn't going to lack for nothing. That's what having favor with the king can do for you. That's what a king can do in your life. When you have a king in your life, you can have the ability for supernatural provision, for him to do something miraculous. And I'm going to share that with you today, and that's the key point for today's sermon. Here it is. He can save you time. Do you know how much time was saved just by him providing the timber, sending the blessing of his hand upon him to go and work to get other volunteers to come in to gather under one banner of establishing God's people. The importance of the wall being built was for safety. Those walls were there to defy, to restrict, to keep whatever was on the right side of the wall safe, and to keep whatever's on the other side of the wall out. You know, someone told me one time, someone told me, locks and windows and doors are just for honest people. Someone told me locks and, and windows are for dishonest people. If somebody really wanted to break in, they're going to break in. But now the day that we're living in, we have so much technology. I mean, we can put a camera up and no one ever know. You can put a camera inside a teddy bear and no one would ever know and do a little spy cam and check it out on your phone. They sell them now. You can buy it on Amazon. You can buy a camera on Amazon for cheap. Hook it up to your wireless wireless router and, and and you can hook it up to your phone and you can watch your phone your house from your phone when you're out of town and it will give you an indication when there's motion when somebody walks in i gotta share something funny with you so i we have a business office that so we do business and conduct business and whatever so we put a little camera in there and we got this little webcam that's inside there just to make sure you know when we're not there what's going on because people go in there and so we've got these little cleaning ladies that come into our offices and we've got a little friend in there also called Alexa <laughs> and so 
we get a notification every time someone goes into our office. We just, we know someone's there. So we see these little cleaning ladies come in, so sweet. And one day I saw this little cleaning lady come in and she goes, Alexis. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. She didn't say that. She goes, Ois, Alexis. Play some Spanish music. And it started, and there she goes, <laughs> vacuuming all over the place. And I think I heard her say, I, man, I love this office. <laughs> it's the cutest thing in the world. <laughs> Come with me. I'll show you the video after service if you like to, because it records it too, anyhow. But... The Spirit of God can watch everything. Back then, they didn't have technology, but, but they had the Spirit of God. But even though God protected, and here's the key, here's the point I'm trying to make. Even though God could see all things, know all things, and be there when they couldn't be there, he still required them to build the wall. He still required them to work to build the wall. Let me expound on that. Even though God protects us, he still expects us to put forth our best effort. Break it down again so everybody's with me. Even though God supernaturally will provide for us, the way he does it is by works added to our faith. Okay, now you're not all with me. God is everywhere, Right? He loves us, right? But you still had to come to church. You still had to lift your hands. You still had to, you still have to say praise the Lord because it, I'm going to tell you, I'm just going to tell you something. When I say praise God or hallelujah or amen or Jesus with the full heart of faith, I feel something. I feel it right inside the pit of my being. But it doesn't happen unless I take action. Turn to somebody, tell them, you have to take action. You have to do something about what you want God to do. Just believing doesn't make... Believing's wonderful because it's the first step, but works. Added to your grace. Works added to your faith. Faith without works is what? Dead. dead. Everyone say it again. It's dead. dead. If you're not doing anything, your faith isn't working. And Nehemiah had to go and do these things. What's amazing to me is, is that they were capable of doing something so big. But it started with the question. Point number one. The king cares, just ask. The king cares, just ask. He sees everything you're doing. He knows all that's taking place on both sides of your life. You know that? There are really two sides to your life. And there's a wall that brings protection. And inside that wall is your family is your life. On the outside is everyone else and the world and, and just all that takes place. 
all of the politics and all the drama, all of Hollywood, all of those things that happen out there in the world doesn't have to be in your world. It can be peaceful in your world. You can have love in your world. Just because everyone else is going through the pain doesn't mean that you have to go through the same. Your world is different. And the wall that God's established for you and I was meant to be there for protection and guidance. And so you can focus on things that are going to be relevant in your life. There's a lot of time wasters in this world. I love the, 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 the bumper sticker and I love the t-shirt that says, save the drama for your mama. I, I, I've used that about maybe 10 times this year, but I love it. Save the drama for your mama. That's what I tell my kids. Save the drama for your mama. Asking is a very important part of getting ahead. Even God said in James chapter 2, you lust, you do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight in your war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You do not ask, and you ask, but you ask amiss, that you may consume it upon your own desires. So there's a right way to ask. There's a right thing to ask. I've learned that whenever I've asked God to do something in my life, it always pertained to what he was involved in when I got a yes every single time. And I've also, also I've recognized that the things that God cares about in my life, he cares about too. No matter how big, no matter how small, Jesus cares about the things in your life that hurt you. If it hurts you, it hurts him. How many of you believe that? If it hurts you, it hurts him. If it makes you sad, it makes him sad. Why? Well, there's scripture for that. You know there's scripture for that, right? We have not another high priest who can be touched and moved by the feelings of our infirmities. That means that he feels what we feel because we have his spirit. And he is our father, our heavenly father. And he loves us so much and he cares about it. He cares about war. Uh, he, uh, let me say it like this. He cares about broken washer and dryers. He, <laughs> thank you for that, Lord. He cares about the electricity in your home. He cares about a broken down air conditioner. Thank God for that too, Lord. He cares about bald tires on your car. He cares about that way overdue oil chain that you don't have the money to pay for. He cares about that. He cares about the hurt that you have for the loss of your loved ones. For peace. For contentment, for healing. He cares about your, your children that don't want to have anything to do with the church or Jesus. He cares about that. He cares about you having more money than more month. He cares about you being in debt. He cares about you having to work all the overtime just to make ends meet. Now I'm being real, practical. I understand this, because I'd be a father. I understand the work environment. I understand being out there and working and, and volunteering in church. I think it's so good for every pastor to have a taste of reality before they ever pastor a church, to understand how and what the sheep and the congregation goes through. 
Most of the time, if I want to talk to somebody about my problems, most of the time it's going to be somebody who's been through what I've been through and have overcome, has overcome what they've gone through. So many times we're the first fruit of everything in, in God's world. And everything you go through isn't just for the sake of suffering or, or having developed patience. It's because God is going to use you to minister to somebody else that's going to come around one day. But he cares about getting you ahead and making you a shining light in his kingdom. He cares about you being an overcomer in this world so you can help everyone else with their faith and their doubting and, and their fears. He cares about every single battle that you face in your life. He cares about your business. He cares about it. So we know he cares, right? We know he cares. Notice that Nehemiah was granted to go build the wall, give him materials, and then, and then, when he gets there, he had opposition. Everyone in the region gave him a hard time. And the scripture says that Nehemiah had to work and he had to fight. He had a tool in one hand. The scripture says that all the volunteers had a tool in one hand and a sword in the other. They were working. They were working. And they were ready to go when someone came up and mocked them or wanted to slow them down. They were prepared. They were prepared. God looks and blesses people that are willing to take his agenda into your private life. Whatever you build, whatever you're building, make sure, make sure you're building what God's asked you to build. Make sure it's not just your own kingdom. Make sure just not your own reputation. Make sure that your heart is right. Make sure that you have the right motives. I, I don't know about you, but everything I do, everything I do, from business to my family to it's not about me. It used to be about me when I was single. All I cared about was having a nice car so I can have a nice wife. That never happened, but I got the nice wife. God's good. Hallelujah. I know she loved me when she met me because I had, a bro I had an ugly farm truck. Every tire was different. They didn't match. Rusted. Broken windshield. We never got that windshield fixed. It never had air conditioning. And she loved me anyways. She boy. <laughs> when I got married, I understood. And babies came, I understood. Wait a minute. What I do, how I live, how I act isn't just affecting me anymore. It's affecting my whole family. And things changed. And I learned the secret. Because my question was, how am I going to, and I'm getting into the message, how am I going to take care of my family, um, make sure my family is safe, prosper on my job because let's be honest we don't go to work so we can fail we go to work so we can do good right 
We don't start a business so we can just experiment with it and see the business fail. We start a business because we want to see it prosper, and we want to see God use that to provide good for our families. That's a godly desire, folks. I'm going to tell you again, this is a godly desire to want to see your businesses prosper or see your life and your career prosper. But again, the question I had was, how am I going to balance all these things and make it happen? I'm only one person. And the secret came to me. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added added to me and let me explain the difference between in god's eyes addition and multiplication when god adds something to me he uses humanity to add to me blessings favor networks see the devil subtracts men add but god multiplies the Bible did say that when you give, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men come, right? Shall men come and give into your bosom. Is that, is that what the Bible says? It says people, God, opportunities. How did you get your opportunity? It came through a person. Your job came through a person, a man or a woman added to your life. That's the blessings of God being added. But the multiplication part comes in when God gives you the opportunity to sow. He can multiply what you sow after you've been blessed. For example, you can count the number of seeds in an apple, but you cannot count the number of trees in the seed or fruit in the seed. So a seed, if someone gives you, adds to you an apple, that's a blessing. But now that you've got seeds, you take the seed and you sow it and God multiplies that. You can count the seeds of an apple, but you cannot count the fruit in the seed. Only, only afterwards, this is why the proverb says in the parable that some get 30-fold, some get 60, and some 100. Okay? God multiplies what you sow. And God sets the environment. Nehemiah was given an opportunity. The king added to him, but what he sowed in work and labor multiplied, and God bought him time. He sowed his life. He sowed his services. He sowed, you can always sow something by faith. When you sow your strongest gift, God will multiply that gift. You know how he multiplies it? Can I give a secret to you all? Here's how he multiplies your gift. He will send people to you. You need to write this down for, for you that own businesses or want to uh, work effectively on your jobs when God promotes you. This is how God multiplies your gifts. When you give your gift and sow it for God's kingdom, for his purpose, for his, his glory, for him to get the reputation or get the recognition, God will send other people that you can sow that gift into to multiply you. And when you multiply you, you get more done. 
Nehemiah, what, read the story of Nehemiah. Nehemiah was such an encourager. He was such a motivator. He is known as the motivator as well because he motivated the whole region to help him build the walls and to get it done in record time. He multiplied himself. I told somebody the other day, if I knew how talented my kids were going to be, I would have had more. <laughs> Son, I mean, listen, I know your kids are talented too. Some of you have talented, I think all your children have talents and gifts and abilities. But isn't it wonderful when they get to the age where they can learn how to wash dishes and you don't have to wipe their behind anymore? I mean, I'm just saying, you know, just being real. I mean, diapers are a terrible thing. I just don't know about you, but I did not. Every time my baby did something, I didn't go, praise God, another dirty diaper. <laughs> I hated dirty diapers. Let, okay, let me be honest with you. Don't judge me. I hardly changed dirty diapers. Sorry. They were bad, boy. I don't know what mama fed them, but they were bad. But the day came, all joking aside, all, the day came when they could take care of themselves because we trained them. We trained them, showed them how we did it. I showed my boys, I'm going to tell you this right now, I showed my boy at a young age how to take out the trash. Oh, yeah. I'm using a practical example right now. It's going to get spiritual. Hold on. I showed my little, I showed my boy, my oldest boy, how to take out the trash. This is what men do, son. They take out the trash. He took out the trash and still takes out the trash. But until recently, he got smart. He started training his little brother how to take out the trash. Now, Joshua takes out the trash now, and he's a supervisor looking over everything. And I look over other things. We multiplied ourselves. We get more things done. I don't have to do everything anymore. Now I've got children to help take care of those things. You understand what I'm trying to say? That principle applies in your business, in your career, in your family. So God, you have to be a person of influence. But how can you get? See, but let me tell you something. The only reason they do it is because I have a good relationship with them. The only reason anybody would do anything for you is because they respect you. I'm going to write this down. I'm going to give you a saying. I want you to write it down. I've said this a lot, but I want you to write it down again. Are you ready? Rules without relationship lead to rebellion. You can't get somebody to do something if you don't have a healthy relationship. They'll rebel. They'll rebel. This isn't in my notes. The Holy Ghost is talking to some people. So God taught me the secret. You multiply yourself. You want to be a good leader? To our staff that are here, y'all want to be great leaders? Then look to multiply yourself. Sow into people. Moms and dads, same thing. Young moms and dads, don't, don't think because those babies are just starting to walk they can't train them now. Train them now. I'm telling you, teach them now. Oh, I used to, come here, Caleb. Come here, Caleb. I know. I got to do this. Let's step down here, son. I've never stepped down here with you. Let me see your hand. 
Watch this. Imagine Caleb being this tall. <laughs> this tall. He's way bigger than me now. <laughs> Cameras, you don't have to follow me. Don't worry about following me. I'd walk with him, and I'd pray in the spirit. In the dark. He was in the dark. You were afraid of the dark? Mm -hmm. Come on. So we walked down these aisles. Son, this is what men do. We pray. Thank you, Jesus. Dear God, bless these people. God, bless this, bless this church. Bless every family. God, bless our children. Bless my brothers and sisters. Bless, bless our, our business. Bless, God, what we do. Bless it, God. Come on, son. Don't be scared. Say it with me, son. Say, God, bless them. God bless everybody. There you go, son. That's how you do it. Now, he feels humiliated right now, probably, but that's okay. You're good? Oh, you're a good boy. Here we go. Lord, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Bless, bless every person. Bless their business. Bless their finances. Do all these things. Do all these things. Thank you, son. Now, now, he's in his 20s. Now, I don't have to tell him to how to pray for all of you. He prays for all of you already. Every single day, without hesitation, Jesus comes first. Without hesitation, Jesus comes first. Look to somebody and tell them you have to multiply yourself. God will buy you time. It'll save you time. I don't expect our leaders to do everything. I expect them to be great leaders, to multiply themselves so they help other people fulfill their calling. So they don't have to spend all their time doing everything. That's not the will of God. God said, be fruitful and multiply. Who, yes, you'll invest in some people sometimes, and they will leave you. That's okay. The greatest leader in the world was Jesus Christ. And he had a Judas, and at one point, they all scattered like sheep and left him. But they came back, but the one never did. That's okay for the greatest leader to have a Judas. That makes me feel good if I've ever had two or three. Makes me feel good. Not everybody's going to be loyal to you or loyal to the cause or the vision. But trust me, it helps just to know that God can trust you. God, here's point number two. God, give God your time and God will save you time. Give God your time. How do you do this now? By being unbalanced and giving everything to God. My devotion with God and your devotions with God shouldn't just be five minutes to 30 minutes an hour every morning. That should just be the kickstart to get started. But throughout the day, my whole time belongs to him. I'm on his clock. I'm on his clock every day, all day. But I've learned the more time I give to him, the more he multiplies my time. Let me give you the secret in Joshua. Do you remember when Joshua said he needed more time to defeat the enemy? What did he do? He needed more. He needed to defeat the enemy. He needed more time. So he prayed an audacious, an audacious prayer. Son, stand still. God, make the sun stand still. And God made the sun stand still, and he was able to win the battle. He needed more time. Only someone who has a relationship with God can have that kind of authority. Only someone 
who has that kind of authority with God. Now, now let, me, let me do something here. Um, let's, let's talk about that real quick. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about time. So this right here, we're going to call this Eternity. Did I spell it right? Good. Hey, look, I'm not the only one that gets brain fog. Almost went the other direction, said something else, but it's okay. If I ever spell something wrong, you're not ever going to embarrass me telling me I spelled it wrong. I have, I have no shame. I don't care. Eternity. This is God's time here. It's not chronological time. Chronological time Chronological time is what you have on your Apple Watch or your regular watch. That's time that man established. But chronos of time is what God refers to as eternity. So God rests in eternity, right? Now, this is, this, is where, this is where you may be, and this is where you and I live. Let's do this. Let me see. Oops. This is you. It's your life. That's where you live. And, and the big part is this. Right underneath you. Now, I want you to throw some things at me. What are, what's the things that take up your time and you don't have time for? Family? Family. I hear children. There you go. Okay. Work. Work's one of them. What's another one? Business. Laundry, right? <laughs> Responsibilities. Okay. How about business? Oh, somebody said friends. Not Netflix. <laughs> one more. One good one. School. School's a big one. For adults and children. Okay. Now. Are you with me? Okay. You are managing every one of these things in your life. I mean, you are trying your very best to try to come in and to try to organize and structure. You have a certain amount of time with your family. You're having a very hard time with your family because you're having to work. Okay? You're having to work every day and you're having to take care of the laundry and you're having to work and your time is divided and you've got to do business and then you're doing school some of you and congratulations to some of you who just graduated from college you know who you are 
right over here, Mr. Peter. And those of you that just got new jobs working out at the plants, congratulations to all of you. And for every person that's getting promoted by God, because you're faithful, God is faithful, even when you're not. But I want you to recognize something. You are being turned and, and stretched out in every single direction. Church is another one. I, don't, I can't believe I didn't put church. Okay, listen, guys, I got to put church on there. You know, I'm going to make it in red just so nobody forgets it. Oh, in red, too. You're stretched. I guess this is a great example because this is the reason why we don't volunteer in church because we have all these things, right? Am I right? Let's be honest. This is the reason why we don't, the gift that you have inside was really meant to be given to this place here, but you can't do it because, Mama, you're do, doing the laundry. You have to work, and you have to do the family, and, and then, um, you know what? We need a break. We need time with the kids. I feel so bad because I didn't have time to, to give them this week, and so, you know what? Let, let's just let's go out of town, and that's great, but then you never make it to church. It's it's, I, I get it. I get it. I understand it. Time. This church is way bigger than what you're looking at right now. It's not everybody shows up at one time because they all are so busy. So what I learned was is that, hold on a second. I am stretching myself out. Now, point number two, and I'm going to get into this. If you'll give God your time, God will save you time. So I realized that when Nehemiah was given favor, when Nehemiah was given favor, he had a special note, a request, a petition from the king that he could get support. And in Nehemiah's life, he was given help he was able to multiply himself. He was given, in, in essence, he was given financial favor in the sense of providing everything he needed. Don't think that the king didn't give him some spending money. Okay, it's not in there. But don't think for one moment that he sent him out and didn't make provision for him. He provided all his needs for him because the purpose was bigger. So the mentality I had to do and we all have to do and still do is that I realize this is God's family. I work for him. He cares about what I wear. You know, you don't, we care about it too, trust me. It's his business, not mine. And he's taken me through an education so I can change the world, but I have to be able to do it through the body of Christ. So how does that happen? When you give your time, and here it is, when you start giving your time, Your scheduled time to eternal time. When you start giving your time, your limited time to the eternal time, when is that going to happen? Here's the hard part. Are you ready? You, every one of us are given 24 hours in one day. There's nobody else special better uh, that God loves more than you. 
I mean, you know, he, you, you think he loves me more than you, and I got like 40 hours in a day? I got 24 too. And I had to make up my mind, what am I going to do to give God time? And I was, I was raised in a nightclub, folks. I grew up staying up till 5 in the morning every single weekend and, I mean, then getting off sleep and, you know, I just was raised, I wasn't raised in a structured home where I went to bed at 8.30 every night, woke up at 6 o'clock every morning. I didn't have that kind of structure. I had to relearn that because that hurt me in my life. When I started raising a family, I didn't know about that. Thank God for my wife who came out of a structured environment. She taught me how to live a certain way and be structured and how to raise a family more than anything and anybody. So the part that I have to get, get settled in my mind is, if I'm going to give God time, I'm going to have to sacrifice. If I really want to give God time, I'm going to have to make sure that this, uh-oh, that this is sacrifice, sacrificial, sacrificing, that I sacrifice this. Excuse me. You know what I meant. I have to get up early. You have to get up early. I have to stay up late. You have to stay up late sometimes. I have to stop watching Netflix. Ooh. Because when you start giving God that time, then God starts invading your time zone. Now, God will begin, when you give him your time, the anointing in your life will come into your work. And when it comes into your work, supernatural raises and promotions will begin to take place, and God will be at your work before you get there. Do you know when you pray in the Spirit, when you're praying in the Spirit, most of the time you don't even know what you're praying for, but God is praying interceding for you? How many of you love praying in the Spirit? Come on, are there any people in here that love praying in the Spirit? When you pray in the Spirit, you're giving God your time, and He knows your needs, but God's ultimate purpose is to see His kingdom evolve, because after it's all said and done, no one on that job's going to miss you more than your family, and no one on that job cares about you and loves you more than eternal, your, your eternity, or Jesus, who's in, the, who's in, the, who's in eternity. And so God starts to invade your work, and then things start to happen, and you get a pay raise. Mama, are you ready? Are you ready, Mama? I'm going to say something, and some of you probably aren't going to really embrace it, but I want you just to dream with me. Wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be wonderful where God blesses your children and teaches them how to do the laundry? Wouldn't it? They do it in my house now. I didn't think they'd do it, but they do it now. Praise God. Somebody say amen. amen. Wouldn't it be wonderful? And I know it was a God thing because they just started doing it on their own. I'm like, praise God. And, and then, wouldn't it be wonderful? It, it, or maybe God blessed you enough where you hired somebody to come in and clean your house for you. Why? Because it all started with you giving God time here on, on this place right here, and now you can afford to hire somebody to come in and do your laundry and hire somebody to come in and do your lawn. Come on, men. Nobody's going to touch my You're crazy, man. Get over it. It's just grass. 
Give some, you know, in the kingdom of God, in the Jewish culture, the Jewish people believe that it was meant to, if someone had a business, that you would hire them for the business that they do so you can stay focused on the one that you do to save you time. There are other people out there, if your life, if you get this in your mind, that your life was meant to bless other people and give them a job, then God will begin to bless you. Because your mentality is, is to provide other people with the living. God will bless you with that intent. He'll bless you when you think that way. Trust me. Trust me. Your life was meant to be a blessing. There's somebody out there that needs work too. And God will bless you so you can enable them to do that. God will show you how to make money. He will show you what to do. He will bless your time. And then, then God will free you up. And then you'll have more time to spend with your family. And then you'll have more opportunities with your business. And God will bring the right workers in your business. He will send you the right employees. He will send you the right people. He will send you, I promise you, he will send you the people that know how to do things the way you do things and want things done and things that need to happen and be responsible with that to free you up, to free you up. And then God, God, well, trust me, I've had God do this for me. A lot of our time we have spent with education is because we struggle to understand. But God will bless your mind and understanding to make your education a lot more simpler. Young people, you want to make good grades and you want school to become easier, start praying in the Spirit, start reading your Bibles in the morning, and God will give you wisdom, understanding, favor and you won't spend so much time he'll help your mind then guess what now you're free to say hey i got a good job now hey i got more time now i want to serve i, I want to serve in the church someplace now god's kingdom's prospering even stronger do you understand this fundamental little grat it's like an octopus but do you understand that do you, you understand how this works? Okay, my, my iPad's about to die. I'm taking you way too long. But is this okay? Is this all right? Is this helping somebody? I'm, up, I'm, I'm about done. I'm done. Fact, come on, Haley, before they think I'm lying. I'm done. Proverbs 10 and 22. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. You know what that word sorrow means? Here's what the word sorrow means. Pain, hurt, toil, labor, hardship. And you can read the rest. But when God blesses you, he wants to make your life easier, not harder. Some of us are very good at staying busy. We're very good at working hard, but we miss it when we, we're not being, you can work hard and not be productive. God wants to make your life easier and multiply you in your life and give you the networks and give you the wisdom and save you the time and give you favor. You know, one of the best things we can do to save our children time, you know, you can buy time. What if you made enough in your life and you're, you're, you're financially set enough where you can able, actually buy your children a home when they got married? 
How many of you can dream like that with me right now? It's not impossible. It's not impossible. Raise your hand if you believe that that can happen. Do you know that if you were able to buy your children a home, you saved them 30 years? How can, how can that happen? Well, God will bless you. If you'll stop hoarding yourself, your giftings, and think broad picture-wise, kingdom-minded-wise, where my life was meant to be a blessing, where my life was meant to put other people to work, that I was meant to know, to take what I know, pour into somebody else, watch them do just as good, because when you give your wisdom and knowledge out, God gives you more. Some of you, I, I've ran into people so many times, and I've had some good meals, and I've asked somebody, man, how'd you make that? Oh, I can't tell you. And in my mind, I'm thinking, that's okay. You just lost a new recipe God wanted to give you. Really, because I believe that. Give the recipe out. In other words, how do you do it? Teach others, and God will give you more knowledge, more wisdom, because he wants to help other people, and you are meant to help other people. I'm off track a little bit, but here's the conclusion. When you give God your best, his best opens up to you. When you give God your best quality time, his best opens up for you and starts to go into your life. He'll help you. He'll send angels on your behalf. You have, you, do you have a hard time marketing? Look, look, you can market a little, but by word of mouth and by favor, God will send clients to your business like that. Yes, he will. He'll give you favor with your teachers. Your teachers will just focus on you sometimes and explain something just to you and even offer to tutor you for free. I'm telling you, it's happened for me in my life. I've seen this. I know people have walked up to me now and they've said, Pastor, I want to iron your shirts for you. And, and, and I'm going to tell you something. I've learned a long time ago not to say no. God's gave me a whipping for saying no sometimes when people wanted to bless me because that was him sending somebody to save me time and in turn he was going to bless them for doing that I'm telling you there's no limit to how God works in your life give him the best of your time and he'll start making more time for you there are no excuses you have to make time for God make time for him I feel motivated here this morning don't you come on stand to your feet let's lift up our hands let's lift up our, with our hearts let's just ask him right now let's just ask him Lord just strengthen me and give me the heart God a heart to sacrifice a heart to work a heart to do now, Lord, we surrender everything to you today. Let every thought, let everything that's been in our hearts and minds, God, have one purpose in our life. That is to bring you, God, all the credit and all the glory, God, for every good thing. Now, Lord, bless your people right now. Let me pray a blessing on you right now, if that's okay. Together we receive it. Lord, bless every hungry heart right now. Give them a revelation, an understanding. Give them, Father, the concept and know that your time, Father, spent with us is not time wasted. Give them, God, the strength to wake up in the morning. I'm asking you to supernaturally wake up people in the morning 
before their alarm clock goes off with energy, God, and a desire to seek you. I'm asking you, God, to do that today, that let everyone begin to see you working in their life. Give every praying mama her desires. Give every hardworking dad an assistance at work, God, a favor, Father, a promotion, dear God, out of this. Let every hardworking mama, God, let them, God, have some relief. Send them favor. Send them opportunities. God, we're praying abroad for every young person that's in school, that you give them wisdom. Let them learn the secret of putting you first, God, so you can work in their life, so you can raise them up, so you can prosper them, give them favor. I pray this. We all pray this right now. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody say amen. Now give the Lord a hand clap. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Our mission here at Covenant Life Center is to help our world live, give, and love like Jesus. If our ministry has impacted you in any way, we would love for you to email us at info at clcvictoria.org. You can get connected with us through our social media at clcvictoria and download our app.